Welcome to Inside Scoop, a podcast that brings you practical servings of Swami's sweetest teachings. Today we speak with Sister Prakriti from my favorite country in the world, Malaysia. She is the deputy um, co-lead of SSILP, which is the International Leadership Program. And she currently is currently pursuing a PhD in brain cancer at Monash University, Malaysia. Welcome, sis. I am so happy to be having a conversation with you today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so grateful for the opportunity and I'm looking forward to the conversation with you. Great. So as usual, we're starting the session with the third speed samsara segment and we are mm-hmm. playing the game Never Have I Ever. And I just watched the Never Have I Ever show, so your answers better be as good as the show, okay? Um, okay, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, first one. Never Have I Ever deleted a post, photo, video because it didn't get enough likes or reactions. No. Never have I ever laughed at a joke uh, that I did. you didn't think was funny just to be liked. Oh, yes. Was that you laughing at my lame never have I joke earlier? Was that one? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. But yeah, just to feel like you fit in. Have I laughed at a joke that wasn't funny? Yes. Okay. Um, have you never have I ever checked a friend's phone without them noticing to see if they had another group chat without me? No. Yeah, that's a bit extreme. Never have yeah. I ever gone, gone, but we're not judging. Never have I ever gone to a gathering or party that you are not invited to? No. Okay. Never have I ever done something you now regret due to peer pressure? Not that I think so, no. No. Okay, never have I ever gone in or had money issues because I didn't want to miss out on an event. No. Never have I ever posted a photo or video online without the intention of expecting comments. Mm, Yes. Never have I ever said something or failed to say something in the moment in order to fit in, which I regretted later. Yes. Never have I ever deliberately changed your accent to fit in with the crowd. <laughs> Definitely, yes. <laughs> it started off as, you know, people um, feeling easier to understand me. Yeah. And then I think it just became second nature. Yeah. Pretended to like something because everyone else you knew did, like a food or food cuisine or a television show. Yeah. Never have I ever felt physically exhausted, but never let myself rest <laughs> because yes. I didn't want to miss the event. Okay. Never have I ever edited a photo so much before posting in order to get more likes or views. No. Dressed or dolled up a certain way that made you feel uncomfortable in order to fit in. <clears throat> no. Okay. Wow, nice. Very nice. I think from the game, we could tell that you might have experienced a little bit of FOMO throughout your life uh, and wanting to mm-hmm. fit in. But I want to, yep. um, to know more about any kind of FOMO that you experienced that affected you in a pretty significant way. Would you be able to share? Sure. Um, I think FOMO started off with me being a child because 
I would never sleep after my mom put me down and she went away to do things. I always wanted to be a part of whatever she was doing or the adults were up to. So in that sense, I think I definitely to the dismay of my mom, I did not sleep enough. Right. <laughs> and in school, um I certainly wanted to be a part of of a uh, friends a uh, friends group for example. Right. Um wanting to be a part of a particular clique for whatever reason you know that and i think it was more of wanting to have a group that i can belong to mm-hmm. um and yes of course i was upset a lot of times when i was left out from certain things that they were doing or you know um even perhaps when they went for outings and left me out i was disappointed um that's definite for sure right. um later on in life i think you know when i started using social media more um for example if let's say i posted something and then another friend posted something and then the third friend chose to repost what my friend posted and not what i posted there was definitely feelings of being upset or annoyed or like oh how could she do this um so yeah it has definitely had an impact in my life for sure right i totally relate to all those experiences you shared Um I'm wondering why do you think um we experience FOMO what could we be some of those reasons for fearing that we are missing out Okay so going back to the examples that I shared with you earlier right um not sleeping was probably curiosity wanting to find out what other people were up to and mm. wanting to be a part of all of the activities that were going on and i'm sure i still have a bit of that fomo still in certain ways right. um and then in school wanting to have that sense of um belonging wanting to have a group of friends who you could rely on who you thought were the right people for you so maybe in some sense that could have been seeking validation because i did not accept who i was that i required other people to accept who i was right um probably a lack of contentment of um you know just being by myself without needing to have a group of friends mm. um and probably also not really living in the present I completely agree with you Prag. I think it's very normal to want validation. Um and sometimes it's even healthy because you know we all deserve to have good relationships, healthy relationships and feel a sense of belonging. Um and quality of those relationships are important. Sure. Um and I think it's normal because from a very young age we are taught what is right and wrong through validation through reward reward versus punishment so when we did well our parents would be like fantastic so, so proud of you well done and when we conform to expectations and when we didn't we would be reprimanded or scolded so that need for positive validation was nurtured at a very young age yes or it was done through comparison whether in, in the through the edu- education system or parenting style we were taught that we can only judge where we stand by reference to others not by what we needed or what we wanted um so i think it's really normal to want validation because of the conditioning we've had um ever since we were children but that yeah. brings me to the next question 
what degree because we want we all require relationships and it's healthy to have good stable relationships and a sense of belonging but what degree yeah. of validation is healthy and what degree is unhealthy do we really need the opinions of our colleagues and friends and family so i'm going to give you examples to help um to help break down the question um for okay. example Sure. is posting on social media or linkedin for likes and comments is that healthy okay so i can break this down into two categories right mm-hmm. if you are an influencer and you have to do it for your bread and butter it's what brings you money at the end of the day then i guess yeah fair enough um and on the other hand there's us normal people who are not exactly influencers but we are still posting um I guess there's nothing wrong in posting but what really is important is the intention behind posting what we are posting. Are we posting because we want people to give us likes or to comment on our um posts or are we doing it because we want to put things out there? And um this sort of um you know having that reasoning and knowing why you are posting it that really helps put into perspective whether it is good or it is bad for us right so what sort of intentions just to play devil's advocate would be okay or healthy in the scenario of posting like when you say just guess, put it out there what do you mean by that are we posting it because i really like this picture of me and right. i want to share it with the world right um, or are we posting it because i want other people to tell me that i am looking very beautiful uh, or or my haircut is really nice or my makeup is done really well so which is the reasoning that is um, because healthy. if we follow the second one right it is more of seeking validation um right. whereas the first one we know that we are okay we are fine i am happy with who i am and i'm just posting it to share it with the world Great. Okay, second scenario, wanting mm-hmm. constructive feedback from superiors at work. Is that kind of validation healthy? Okay. So, I guess when you start off, it is healthy. And um before we talk about whether it's healthy or not, when it comes to seeking validation from superiors, I think it's very important for us to have a discussion with our superiors beforehand to know that I will be doing this 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 um because this is what is expected of me in my job description and also to know what is the job description of your superior because then you can set boundaries and say this is what I expect of you and also know what your superiors expect of you and by setting those boundaries and guidelines I think we can manage our expectations better because in that sense right we know that um okay if i do this correctly my supervisor will tell me that okay she did a good job and we are not expecting something that is not there um and i can actually share an example with you of how this worked in my life right so um my phd project when i started off i was doing a different project under a different group of supervisors and unfortunately we did not set these boundaries at the start so um we sort of just did things on the go and i remember i was preparing for one of my milestones and i had to 
come up with a PowerPoint presentation as well as a report for that particular milestone. Mm-hmm. And while I was doing that, um, we uh, realized that the story which I was presenting did not really have a very good flow. So mm-hmm. then my supervisors told me, they said, um, why don't you try and read up and try to find a way that you can connect this particular part in your story so that it flows better. So I said, okay, I'll go back, do the reading and everything. And in the next meeting that we had, I presented a better version. At least to me, I thought it was a better version. It made sense in my head and I presented it to them. So they were happy with it. Nobody had any additional comments. And then I went for my milestone. And um, I presented the same way that I did in the practice run with my supervisors. And after I finished my presentation, usually they would ask the supervisors to share some feedback about what Um, they think about my progress and so one of my supervisors said "Um, I don't think you've read enough or you've synthesized any information properly I think you need to read more and I was really taken aback by this Mm -hmm. because um, he could have told me at a previous stage that oh you had to do this a little better and I would have worked on it but then this was in a public forum where there were other people attending my milestone and he thought it was okay for him to say all of these things. So in that sense, I was really upset um, and I don't think I took it very well because of course after the meeting I cried um, and then I went to a, another supervisor and I spoke to him and I said, well, I, I don't know if there's a lot of truth in what he said, but if it is true, Um, what are the ways that I can sort of improve myself? So I wanted to ask him that. Right. And he said, okay, let's forget about the feedback that this supervisor provided to you. And let's just say that I'm going to present to you different sets of information today. And I want you to take this as an exercise to see for yourself whether you have the capacity to synthesize information. So he provided probably five or six sets of um, different information. And he said, tell me, how do you think all these five pieces connect to one another? And so I I thought about it and I told him, okay, I think it flows from one to three to four to five and so on and so forth. And when I said that, he said, see, do you think you have a problem synthesizing? You got it right. So I don't think there is a lot of truth in what he said. He just said it so that he does not have to take the brunt of it. To, because when you are showing everybody your research and the story doesn't flow properly, usually the blame goes to the supervisor for not providing guidance. And he did not want to take that blame upon himself, which is why he threw the blame onto you. And I guess, you know, in this situation, thinking about it now, I realized that um, there were two things. One... I needed to see who I was receiving this feedback from. Mm-hmm. Did that person actually know how, how much of effort I put into synthesizing information? That supervisor did not. And the second okay. thing, if I for a fact knew that my capacity of synthesizing information was amazing, mm-hmm. I would not have been affected by his comment. So um, in this situation, I think there are two aspects that we need to look at. Is the feedback coming from somebody who really knows us? Mm. Um, and do we have the confidence in ourselves? And so if the answer is yes to both and you think there is truth in that feedback, then yes, the validation, seeking validation there, there's nothing wrong in it. Right. But if it was the case in which I shared the example earlier, then yeah, it, it wasn't good for me. 
That's very powerful, sis. So even when we're seeking that like constructive feedback at work, there has to be a baseline of how well we know ourselves and our performance at work mm-hmm. and what of our strengths and weaknesses are before we try and, you know, seek that external uh, feedback. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's very helpful. Next situation, wanting your parents or close friends' opinions on life choices. For example, you know, a person you're going to marry or whether you should switch jobs or it could even be tri- more trivial um, decisions. Okay, so again, I am going to share two scenarios with you, right? Okay, sure. Um, and the first scenario is one that one of my friends has shared with me. So she has a very toxic relationship with my with her mother in the sense that her mother has a set of expectations. Uh, you have to complete a degree by this age. You have to only do engineering because I did not have the capacity and the opportunity to do engineering when I was younger. Um, and so she pushed my friend to do engineering when my friend was not really keen in doing engineering. And then later on in life, she also told her, oh, you are already much older. You have to get married. You have to settle down. You have to have kids and you have to do all of these things as if life was just a checklist and you have to take everything. So in that case, seeking validation for my friend from her mother was not very helpful for her because she felt that engineering was not her field. it was not something that she was really passionate about and she wanted to do architecture instead. Mm. Um, and, and then she realized architecture was not her thing. She mm. thought, okay, actually fashion design is my thing. And now finally she's doing a degree in fashion design and she's so much more happier than when she was doing architecture from before. So when we take this situation for my friend seeking validation from her parent, was not really helpful to her. Mm. Um, In the case of all of us who have loving parents who say, do whatever you want, be whatever you want, I guess seeking validation from them is not wrong. So Mm. it depends on the context and the situation as well as what is your relationship with your parent per se. So that really impacts on whether um, the validation is right or wrong. Right. Okay. So again, I'm hearing that it depends on the not just the proximity of the relationship, but whether that person has your best interest at heart and not some mm-hmm. ulterior motive. And also whether that person knows you well enough to know what do you want and what are your strengths. And so would these decisions be in line with those? And so they just are an extension of who you are rather than you know, projecting their own desires and their own alter- ulterior motives on you. Okay, understood. Now, my question, next question is, um, how can we overcome an excessive need for external validation? Okay. Um, this goes back to what you just said. Knowing what we are, who we are, um, and being really content with who we are. So that comes from knowing our strengths and weaknesses um, and also being very happy with who we are. That's coming back to contentment, right? Mm-hmm. And Swami often says there's one, there are three 
we are three people the one who we think we are the one who others think we are and the one who we truly are mm-hmm. and if we break that down the one who we truly are is the one who has a particular set of skills um who is good at certain things not so great at certain things but also we are that spark of divinity um and sometimes we forget it sometimes we remember it but to know who we truly are and be happy with who we truly are i think that is what really helps us overcome uh this formal right okay great um and have you you practiced mirror work right sis do you think that was a useful tool in helping you get to know yourself better and also change your perceptions about yourself if they did would you mind explaining to everyone wh- what mirror work was like for you and what it involves sure so i think mirror work was extremely helpful for me in the sense that there were two parts of it one was the meditation and visualization along with affirmations right and that in a way sets a tone for us to know that i am enough i am happy i am content to tell ourselves that so that we remember because sometimes we forget these things when we're going through life so that was really helpful for me to remember that i am all of these things it is just that i have forgotten and right. to remind myself that i am good at what i do i have all of the things that i need in my life and i am enough right. um the other thing that i found really helpful with mirror work was the journaling part of it because sometimes you have a lot of things that are in your head and um putting it down on paper sort of helps you relieve whatever you are keeping within your head mm-hmm. and also what it did was because along with the meditation sometimes i would think that okay i've done the meditation today but i realized that i have this particular issue that i still need to work on mm-hmm. right but i don't really have the tools um to work with it so let me give you an example um i remember a couple of weeks ago probably maybe a month ago i'm not exactly sure about the timeline um i was going to have dinner with a group of friends mm. and everybody said they could make it and the day before the event one of my friends said that oh sorry i can't make it so we said okay uh we can change it to another date and um would that date work for you and she said oh no i'm really busy it's okay all of you can just carry on without me mm-hmm. and so i was a bit upset because you know we had planned this for a very long time and everybody had given their uh, specific times when they were available for the meeting and we had taken all of that into account and yet this person says that she cannot make it and so i was so upset about it but at the same time i felt like well this is something that i need to work on and i don't think it is just this situation that is actually causing um this uneasiness within me and so i thought okay let me just put this feeling aside um because i can't really pinpoint where it is coming from mm. so i wrote it down and then i thought let me come back to it when i have the time and so uh, maybe a week later or so um as i was doing a mundane task i was probably washing dishes or something and a realization came to me where um 
it was interactions probably in my school years when i felt that there were a group of girls who were creating a clique behind my back and excluding me mm-hmm. and these emotions because i had not processed them back when i was younger came up again when this girl decided that she did not want to join me for dinner right so when i think about it this way i realized that it had nothing to do with her not wanting to come yeah but the whole point was i had not processed my emotions from before mm. and in some ways i feel that mirror work is extremely powerful in healing our inner child as well as all of these issues that we've sort of um swept under the carpet if i may say so um it brings to light all of these areas that we need to work on so that we can be the best version of ourselves excellent tips brock thanks so much and yes mirror work is a great tool for learning about ourselves with greater precision for those who are interested to know more just search the book mirror work by lewis hay and google will tell you everything you need to know dear listeners it's now time for some prasadam pills one FOMO, the fear of being disliked, the fear of being not enough, the fear of being unpopular often stems from insecurities and a lack of acceptance of ourselves or our circumstances. 2. The antidote lies in deep, consistent, precise self-knowledge and self-love. When we question every belief, every fear, every strength and weakness, we develop an abundance of intrinsic self-understanding, love and acceptance. The mind then stops comparing and starts learning. So even if we look to others, it is only to help us along our path. There is no more fear, envy or resentment for their journey, but only gratitude, inspiration and happiness for our own journey. 3. The only approval we truly need is a of our inner truest self until next friday happy scooping <laughs>